Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Baseball is back. And so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Welcome back to Better Living. I'm your host, Nick Carissimi. We are continuing our conversation about the stew pot. I just got done with their executive director, Brenda Snitzer. We now turn to Santos Cortez. He's a caseworker with the client services team. How are you doing today? I'm good, Nick. Thank you. Thank you very much for joining me. Uh, caseworker with the client services team. What is that? Talk to me about what you do for this organization. So for client case services at the StuPot, uh, we do a, an array of services. So the most important thing that we do is ID uh, services. So either vital records, uh, important documents that they need to get a state ID, or any document they need to get into a shelter. Uh, many of our clients lose their documents, either being on the streets or from the shelter that they were staying. They get stolen. They get lost. Just being in the elements outside, they get, they get rained. They this just... is something that I, I wanted to talk about in the uh, previous interview. I, I find it fascinating because it's not something that you think about. How How common is this? Is this a problem that plagues nearly everybody that you guys are working with? Yes, it's very common. Yes, a lot of our clients say that they had their IDs before and then they've lost it. So we have to start again all over. And we have to start from the very beginning. And that's just very basic, simple things we have to do is start all over and get uh, documents. So How, hard, can, how hard is this to do? Uh, it takes time. It does take time because you have to request records. For example, Social Security card is a vital record. Voter registration card is a vital record. School records. Uh, birth certificates, any of those records you have to request, and it does take time. So once you accumulate all the records that you need, then the individual is ready to go to get their Texas ID at the DPS office. So it does take time. How do you even start that process? If I walk in to the stew pot right now and I say, hi, my name's Nick, I have no identification at all. What is normally going to be your first step? My first step would be to find out if you've ever had a Texas ID. So that kind of depends. If you've had one before, it may be you just need one document to get it replaced. Mm. Let's say your ID is still current, but you've lost it. You just need one document. But if you've never had one, then you have to start from the very beginning. And that means you have to start and get all your documents together. Texas, you... Texas is one of the strict states to get an ID. You have to have several documents to get an ID. Do you deal with people that aren't really on paper all that much? I mean, do you deal with people that are... It's almost like in a movie where they're just a ghost, where there's not really a record of them. Is that something that you have to deal with? Yes, that happens every day. We do have people that don't have anything with them. So we have to work from the very beginning, and we work with them to get documents for them. 
What's the hardest to get? Probably the hardest to get would be someone that is born overseas or someone that is born and never was in the hospital, born in the hospital. So there's no record. So it's hard. So we have to go back and get different records and then go to that state and see if they can issue a birth certificate for that client. So we we have to record a history of where they've lived, what school they went to. It sounds it's detective work. It is a little bit of work. Is like, it is it fun to do? It sounds like that would actually be really interesting. It is interesting because you come across uh, different things from the clients, like where they went to school. Uh, recently, I got some records from a client. He doesn't have anything right now, but we got his school records back from 1946, I think, if I'm correct. So they had his school records, and they came in the mail, and I was shocked. What, like a high, like high school records, or yes, transcripts, school transcripts. Yes. Wow. So that's one document that we can use for his ID. That so, actually sounds really interesting. Yes. You're you're kind of creating a, a person, at least on paper. Yes. But it, it's something that uh, I mean, it's certainly something that I never thought about. So do you? Is that where you spend a lot of your time with the stew pot, is that kind of your main thrust? Yes. So we do spend a lot of time on ordering documents. So birth certificates is one of them. So we can order birth certificates from other states also. So we use a company that we use online, and we're easily able to get those documents. But sometimes we get uh, we have a problem, and we have to get another uh, document for them to request that, that record. So, But it, we eventually do get it, so it just takes a little bit of time. It might not be a good question, but what has been the most difficult one? Can you remember one that was just unbelievably difficult? I think the, one, the most difficult one was probably somebody who was born overseas on a U.S. Air Force base. So it's kind of difficult to get that, but you have to send a letter to Virginia mm. and request a record. And it takes about six months, if not longer. To request those kinds of records. Really? Yes. Now, when you're making, not making, but when people have to wait that long, is there a juggling act that kind of starts now? Because I, I could see people maybe not staying in the same place for a certain amount of time or maybe being hard to track down because they are homeless. Is How do you work with that? Some of our clients are willing to work on getting their ID. They're, they're gung-ho about getting it. So mm-hmm. they will come back and check with me. So that can be in the afternoons, they come and check with their caseworker to see if, that, if a document has arrived. So they basically do want to get their ID. That's their long-term goal. So we encourage them to come back and see us. Because if they don't come back, then it's, it shows me they're not interested. So I'll follow up with them if they come and see me back. Come to the office and we'll check. Um, most of the time, if they, if they do come back, there's a strong interest that they do want to get their ID. They want to get off the streets. They want to get into a shelter. They want to get into housing. They want to get a job. So that tells me a lot. What kind of relationships do you develop with the people that you work with? As you're, you're saying, this is a long process, whatever it is. Just the IDs can take over six months, maybe even a whole year just to get that done. And then you're talking about other things uh, that could be even more difficult, like finding a home, finding a job. How long do you work with the, the typical case per person, would you say? Is there an average? Um, I wouldn't say that there's an average, but I would say that some, some cases are longer, and that does take a long time. Um, but there are, the, there are successful ones, that are the ones that are real quick. They were born in Texas. They can get their birth certificate at the local library. They have a voter registration card. They have a Social Security card. All they need now is a Texas residency to verify that they live here in Texas, they have all their documents. They're ready to go to DPS and get their ID. 
So that can happen in a week or two. So mm. it's pretty quick. So once they get their ID, they're ready. They Off can on their way. Yes. Santos Cortez is a caseworker for the Stewpot, their website, thestewpot.org. How long have you been with the organization? I've been there a year and a half. Year and a half. So uh, how did you find this organization? Why the Stewpot? I've heard about the Stewpot. I worked at Parkland Hospital before, mm-hmm. and I heard so many wonderful things about the Stewpot that I actually wanted to work at the Stewpot. A uh, job became available. I applied, and uh, I got the job, and I love working at the Stupot. How has it been? Is it is it what you expected it would be? Is it different? It's expected. Uh, yeah. It, I like it, yes. It's what I expected because people are very caring. The staff help each other. The clients are very easily to get along with. Sometimes we have our difficult clients, but that's the way it goes. So we're there to help them. And in the long term, it works out. So we're able to help them. What what are what are the big payoffs for you working in in this type of sector? Is it helping people get on their feet? Is it knowing that you're part of an organization that people can trust and come towards? When you think about why you would work uh, for an organization like the Stupot, what is it that, that that drives you? I think the reputation of the Stupot has a positive one in the community. So if you hear somebody say the Stupot, it's always positive. So I've always heard of the Stupot. So me getting the opportunity to work there has made it a better place for me because I, I enjoy working and giving to other clients. So I really enjoy it. What are some of the ages that you, you work with? We were kind of talking about this a little bit. The organization helps out kids. They help out adults. They help out the elderly. Is there a certain person that you're normally helping? Is there an average? Would people be surprised at the amount of different types of people that show up? No, there's not an average. So I would say the homelessness does not have... A person that it affect it could affect anyone. So I have young people, I have older people, I have families with children. So they need their documents too. So we'll help anybody that needs their help as long as they're at risk of homelessness or homeless right now. So we can help them. Yes. Do you, the people that come to you for the ID services have they been a part of other services that the Stewpot provides? Have you noticed that they're doing other things in the organization? Yes. Uh, so we do have clients that like to go to choir with the art program, the gardening. Uh, so they, they do try to get involved with the Stupot, and they do join those other organizations that we do have. Are you part of the document bank as well? Yes, we do have the document bank for our clients, yes. Is, is that a newer program? Is that something that ha- it seems like it would be more and more important if you work as hard as you work to make sure that these people get these IDs, you probably more than almost anybody want to make sure that they're safe. Correct. I highly encourage my clients to keep their documents in the document bank because sometimes, like just like you said, it takes a long time to get those documents. And if you take them with you and you go to a shelter, they're stolen, they're gone already. So... It was a hard process to get them. So I really encourage them to open a document bank, and we can store them there for them as long as they want. If they need it, they can come back, check it out, take care of business. If they're getting housing and they need their birth certificate for that housing application, Mm -hmm. they'll come in and take it, and they'll say, I'll bring it back tomorrow, and then they bring it right back, and it's back and safe in the document bank. So for any document, we're able to do that for them. Have you had people lose them after you've gotten them? Yes. As a matter of fact, I had one last week. He just picked up his birth certificate. He was waiting on his Social Security card. He came back with his Social Security card, and I said, where's your birth certificate? He said he lost it. So 
What? With what? agony. Because it was just. How long did it take for him to lose it? Uh, it took him less than a week to lose oh, it. Oh, no. So, Wait, did, he, did he know what happened? No. He said it was stolen. So, so are you pulling your hair out at, at that point? It's, it's frustration on my part, but uh, I have to be understanding because he's in a situation he has no control. Yeah. Someone stole his bag. His documents were in there. So, you know, what can you do? So, Is it easier to get them once you've already gotten them? Um, or do not, you have to, is it square one? Well, in this particular case, we would help him again, but we can only help you once a year. So oh. we have a criteria also. We can help you once a year. Otherwise, we'd be replacing all the, do- all the birth certificates oh, and all yeah. the documents. So, yeah. What are, what are, so I didn't even think about that. What are the criteria that you guys work under if you're going to help someone? You already mentioned that you really want to see that people are motivated, but I'm sure that there's got to be something past that. A lot of them want to go back to work. They've been on the streets. They don't like the shelters anymore. They have curfews they have to get back into the shelter at a certain time. They can only leave at a certain time. They don't have all the amenities that they, they want, like a shower. That's something basic you and I take advantage of. Yeah, but sure. Some places don't have a shower. They don't have clean clothes. So they want to get back on their feet. They want to go and get a job so they can be on their own. So, yeah, they're really very motivated. What do you, what do you see from the people uh, when they come here as far as being motivated? Are they are they really trying to just move into a new phase of their life, and this is going to be a great stepping stone for them to do that? What personally, what are these people going through when you are starting to help them? A lot of times, I see the clients; they feel like they're at the end of the road. Sometimes they feel helpless. They feel hopeless. So they turn to us to see if we can help them. A lot of times we're just going to go over general guidelines of what we need to do to get their ID. And sometimes they may not comprehend everything. So we'll go one step at a time so they do understand that it's going to take time, but the ultimate goal is to get their ID. So some clients can understand what, we're, what they have to do, but then we have clients that cannot comprehend everything we're trying to do. So that's way too much. If I give them too much information, it's overload for them. So we just do one item at a time, and then we'll, I'll tell them to come back next week, and we'll work on the second item. So it just depends on the individual and on the client. You said that uh, a lot of these uh, people, they're trying to either find a job or get housing. Is that pretty typical for, for what these people need as far as the IDs are concerned? Yes, yes. Um, some of our clients are at other shelters. These particular shelters are working with them to get them into housing. So one of the requirements that they do need is a birth certificate. So they're already working with a case manager at another facility or shelter. So they come to us to get the birth certificate, and we will help them with that. What are some of the things that you like about this organization outside of the area that you work in? You work in the ID services department, but this organization does a lot of other things. Since you've been there in the year and a half, you said? Correct. What have you, what have you seen that you liked? What have you, have you seen the organization grow? I think that... The organization has really grown because we have more caseworkers now than when I was there. So that's one step ahead. And then the staff is wonderful. Everyone is willing to help with whatever needs to be done. We do hygiene products for our clients also. Uh, so if a client needs uh, hygiene products and there's, we're short staff or we're short of a volunteer, then someone will say, well, I'll do it. I can do it. So, you know, they're quick to respond and, and help the clients. In the long run, it's, it's positive for the clients because they, they get what they need. What have you learned 
about the homeless population in your time at the organization? Is there anything that you maybe didn't understand or maybe something that you've had your eyes opened to when you're working so closely with this population? Uh, I would say that I didn't realize there was a large population of homelessness. I knew there was homelessness, but not as to the degree that I've seen. So that's an eye-opening for me. And then also is that um, it can affect anyone. So if someone is living take check to check, day by day, and they lose their job, I mean, they're on the verge of being homelessness. So it could happen to anyone. So I feel like it's very important that we help everyone that we can um, be there for them. So our services are very important, I think, in the community here in Dallas. Have you have you worked in this sector before? You said you worked at a hospital locally before you came to the stew pot. Did you know, are, are you surprised sometimes that this is where you are now, that you're working with the homeless and trying to help them in the ways that you are? Is that kind of shocking to you? No, it's not shocking to me. It's something that I would have loved to do, and I got, I'm getting the chance now to do that. So I'm happy that I'm here now. Did you grow up with service, with volunteering or things like that, something that you did as a kid? Did you see your parents doing that maybe? Basically, my church. So, okay. yes. So we did a lot of services at my church when I was younger, and then I was part of a Catholic youth organization, too. So we did things for the community also. So that was my upbringing. And when I going to school, I decided that's what I wanted to do. So my background is in social services. So yes. Social services. Mm-hmm. Is that common for a lot of the people that work uh, up at the Stewpot, that, that area of education? Yes, it is very common, yes. A lot of them have a background in social work. Psychology, yes. Mm-hmm. Where do you where do you work out of when you when you we're talking about you know being a caseworker and the stuff that you're doing for all these people? Where are you located? So we're located downtown, across from the church. So our address is eighteen twenty two Young Street. How do most of the people come to you when uh, they need your services? Is somebody in the stew pot bringing them to you? Is it just word of mouth when people need your help? How are they finding you? So a lot of it is word of mouth, and then of course a lot of the clients uh, talk to each other, so they are referred here by other clients. And then we also get referrals from other agencies, for example, Salvation Army, Austin Street, uh, Family Gateway, Salvation Army. So That transportation service and all the other groups that are kind of a part of that hub, have you noticed an uptick in people coming to the organization and utilizing services after you've implemented that? Yes. I've noticed that the clients now really want to get their IDs because now we have this transportation for them. Makes it makes it easier for them to get from one spot to the other. So, yes, it's been very positive. Santos Cortez is a caseworker with The Stewpot, their website, thestewpot.org. Uh, we mentioned it in the previous interview, but they have a big event happening over at the Omni on February 20th. It's called Soups On. It's the 12th annual Soups On. For details on that, you can find them at thestewpot.org. What else is going on at ID Services? Tell me more about what you guys are doing. Help me understand how you are helping people over there. Okay, so another thing that we do provide is um, we provide a temporary ID also, which is mm. called the Stewpot ID. So basically, we'll take a picture, we'll put their date of birth, and then the last few digits of their social security number. So that at least gives them some kind of ID to have in their possession. So we're working with someone that has nothing, we at least can give them, provide for them a Stewpot ID. And they can use that to maybe access other services within our with our department, with our with our Stewpot organization, or other services from other shelters. 
with that, is there a data collection component to this, helping to track people, find where people are, find where they frequent, to try and help just you know, learn more about them or patterns? That would help the individual, I would think, and I think it would also help the organization. Is, is, there, is there a part of that? We do have a documentation. Uh, we have a database, so we can basically track when we've helped a client, uh, if we bought them an ID, if we bought the birth certificates, we can basically track to see how many times we've helped them in the past. So, yes, there is a tracking. I, I'm surprised that you only work in ID services. It seems like it wouldn't be a thing that they would have a full-time dedicated person to do. Are you? How many people are you helping? Like, how busy are you up It is there pretty doing busy. This? So in the mornings when the doors open, that is the first thing that gets full. So we have an allotment of 20 slots in the morning. And that gets full by six ten. It's already full. There is that. I absolutely that. I'm floored by that. I really did not. I didn't think about this being so important. I certainly would have said wouldn't have said that it was one of the most important or popular things that this organization provides. Was it surprising to you when you first started? Oh yes, very surprised. Yes, yeah. but um, it gets pretty, like I said, full really fast. So. And do you have other people that work on this with you? Yes. So the, I, there's three caseworkers total that do ID services. So three of you guys are doing this. You fill up first mm-hmm. more than anybody, and you were just helping track people down. You mentioned earlier school records from 1946. Mm-hmm. Are there any other good stories that you can think off at the top of your head? I'm, I'm kind of putting you on the spot there, but yeah. this is really interesting. I've had to archive some of the documents also. So there are some birth certificates that the clients never picked up. And it's interesting to see how old those documents are because they look totally different from what a birth certificate looks like from now. They're the original, different, the the, the style is different, the font is different. It's just... Typewriters. Yes, it's, it's totally different. So, yeah. That's... And, and let's let's definitely mention that. You're not just Googling... No. For these people. This is real document hunting. You are actually finding a piece of paper that has probably been in a filing cabinet for 50 years, and you're getting it dug out. The people that are helping you find these records, is it normal to them? Do they get kind of excited by it? Is it interesting? That's got to be something. Yeah, sometimes we'll have to call, like, let's say, for example, this week I just called um, Illinois, St. Clair County. I was looking for a birth certificate. Um, we weren't able to get it because the client didn't have a proper ID. So I talked to the clerk, and she said, well, just go ahead and send whatever documents you have. Send me a letter from you, the caseworker, me, sign with your name, and then we'll send it. Since you're helping them and the person is homeless, then we will make an exception for this rule. For Why this not? Time. Why not help them? Yeah, so they did. So I'll, I'll be getting a letter and I'll be sending it to St. Clair, and we'll get it the birth certificate for that client. Right now, how many are you working on? Do you know how many you're waiting on? Ooh, that's hard to say because it changes day by day. But uh, on the average, I'm probably waiting on like maybe 30 birth certificates right now. This has to—all the services at the Stewpot are free. This is something that people come to when they need help. But on your end, there's no way that there isn't some cost that's being incurred. Is this an expensive endeavor? Yes. So it is expensive to order birth certificates. Each state has a processing fee and then for the document itself and then for shipping. So it can add up for quite a bit of money. But 
we're able to do it from donations. And then again, donations is what we run on. So we have to be very good stewards of our money and how we spend our money. Do you have any idea how much money is being used per year on ID services? About $85,000 a year. <laughs> I, I, I mean, look, I'm not an expert in this, so I guess it makes sense that I would not think about this. But, I mean, it's kind of crazy when you think about the service that you're providing people and how necessary it is. Do you know of other organizations that do this? Is this something that is unique to the stew pot? It is pretty unique to the stew pot. Um, I don't know of any other services or other agencies that provide this service. Um, we do get do lack you, of referrals. Do you have other organizations that are that are kind of following your lead? Do you coach other organizations or, or talk to other people, in-state, out-of-state, whatever, that are starting to f- provide these services? This stuff is important. If you want to get somebody off it the is street, important. you're going to yes. have to do this. Um, I think the bridge uh, does ID services on a particular day, so the clients can go there also. If we're full, they can go to the to the bridge there. Uh, and there are other agencies that are also doing that too. Has this Has this kind of infected your personal life? Are you crazy about your own personal documents or those people around you? Do you make sure that everybody has their documents and secure? Is this a thing now for you? Yes, it is real. Because I <laughs> right before I worked here, I lost my, my wallet. I lost all of my documents oh, that right. I had. So I had to reapply for my driver's license. So, yeah, I mean, you don't know what to do. You've lost your belongings. So I understand where the clients are coming so from. So you have so, been through this at oh, least, yeah, yeah, at yeah, least yeah, a little yeah, bit. Yeah, just, yeah. So you kind of, you, you I, empathize. You're yes. like, look, I know this. Like, for most people, losing an ID or whatever, you know, it's just an inconvenience. This is something different. But that little bit, it helps you kind of understand. And this is, yeah. you know, you, you've got the experience. You know what it takes. Yeah. So the clients really are thankful once they get their ID. So I've had something come back and I've got a job. I got my own place. So I'm I'm glad to hear that. That's that's the positive stuff that I like to hear from the clients. It's got to feel really good. It feels really great. Yes. Is it is it something that kind of shocked you the the emotional payoff that you get when you finally see somebody make it to a place that they need to be or want to be or that you want them to be? Are you shocked at, at what that provides you? Yeah, because for me it was gratification, and then for on their part, it's it was their goal. They obtained their goal. They were able to do and succeed at what they wanted to do. So. It feels great, yes. Well, the organization is The Stew Pot. It sounds like a great place to work. You really like it there? I love it, yes. All right. Well, uh, let's talk about the event. You guys have an event happening over at the Omni in Dallas on February 20th, 2020. I did not see that until it was mentioned in the previous interview. I'm still not used to it being the year 2020. It's called Soups On, the 12th annual. We're going to have a bunch of different chefs. There's a lot of great things happening. If you want to be a part of that event, log on to their website, thestewpot.org. We talked about volunteers in the the previous setup. For people that want to take part in your services, for people that need your help, what's a great way for them to do that? I would say that if anyone is needing ID services or vital records assistance, is if they can just come to the stew pot at 1822 Young Street. If they are homeless and at risk of homeless, then they do qualify for our services. The organization, once again, is the stew pot. Their website, thestewpot.org. I've been speaking with Santos Cortez. He is a caseworker in the client services team. It was great speaking with you. I really appreciate your time today. Thanks for having me here.
Appreciate it.